and not exaggerating, five projects within a stone's throw of where Mike lives. <laughs> so both houses on either side of Mike's, we renovated and sold. Mm -hmm. Two more down, we renovated and sold. Three down the other way, we renovated and sold. One directly behind it, we renovated and sold. Mm -hmm. So like they know when we're at the settlement table, like this isn't just some investor selling us the property. This is like my neighbor. Yeah. So we always joke about it when we leave it. So I don't know, like if anything happens, hey, knock hey, on the yellow door. You know where to knock. <laughs> You're listening to the Philly Proper Podcast. Meet the experts developing Philadelphia's real estate market right now. If you're looking for insights into the city's changing landscape, you're in the right place. Stay tuned to hear the personal stories and experiences of developers large and small. Be sure to join the Philly real estate community and visit phillyproper.com for project information, episode highlights, and more. Hi, and welcome to the Philly Proper Podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Blessington, and today I'm here with Phoenix Property Group, specifically Aaron Jones and Mike Randolph. I'm very excited to have you guys on the show today. How are you? Doing good. Uh, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing well. I'm excited. I know we've talked about doing this for, I don't know, since probably March. Yeah. So we're, finally, <laughs> we're finally getting it done. Yeah, I think I told you guys that I was starting the podcast, so you've probably known about it maybe before everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're here at your office at 1776 in Town. How long have you guys been here in this particular place? Uh, we moved in here April of 2019. We were actually the first tenant in this location. We had an office at another co-working space down in Market Street. Um, but all of our projects are within walking distance of this office. So we were parking down in Center City, paying for parking, then having to run out and run up to a project, and it, it didn't make much sense. And then with Mike living in the neighborhood, he, I don't know what you found, just an Instagram-sponsored ad yes. that was opening up, and we came and visited it, and like three days later, we're moving all of our stuff. <laughs> nice. And it's been great, because we walk out the door. If anything happens at one of our projects, we don't even need to get in the car. We can just walk there within 10 minutes. Yeah, that's fantastic. And so you guys moved here just this past year. I know that this building is brand new. There's a ton of development happening in Brewtown, and this is actually where you guys do most of your development, right? Yeah, right now, all of our developments in 19121 zip code, whether you consider it Brewtown, Charleswood, or parts of Strawberry Mansion, but all in that zip code, yeah. Nice, and so uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about how you guys got started in real estate in general? Um, yeah, I guess I <laughs> It's always that. a long yeah. story, right? Um, You're like, well, how did I get here? Yeah, really. Um, I guess always had an interest in it since growing up and would do uh, projects during the summers, working with friends' dads, helping rehabbing properties he had as a owner of rentals. Um, and then went to school at LaSalle, um, realized the landlords we were paying uh, to live there were making some good money. So eventually, once I graduated there, bought my first rental at LaSalle as a student rental. Did that for a couple of years, did some renovation work on it, realized student rentals are a different beast. Um, <laughs> I've done but, quite a few turnovers for student housing. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. So um, that was right about the time that I linked up with Aaron and we started working on um, some projects more in the city and decided to sell that and we transitioned into buying our first flip in Delco and then second one in Brewery Town and kind of just took off from there. Wow. So how did you guys meet? Uh, Your real estate meetup? Yeah, <laughs> Mike, Mike and I met 
I was in eleventh grade and he was in tenth grade and we had art class together. Oh my god, I love so, it. So yeah, we, uh, <laughs> I think I forgot that story. <laughs> we fooled around a lot in art class and would uh, mess up each other's drawings and clay work and <laughs> prank each other. And then uh, yeah, I mean that was really our only, only interaction, just with me being a, a grade older. Like we always knew of each other and we kind of hung in some of the same circles, but we didn't really hang out too much in high school. Sure. Um, when I graduated college, I started working for a mortgage investment fund. We were buying non-performing mortgage debt um, as a result of the market crash in 2008. Um, so I dealt with like the paper side of the business for like, three, three and a half years. Um, the principals of that company were also landlords and did some fix and flips on the side. So we started doing some fix and flips and I became a partner in that, in that company with them. I learned a lot about what to do and a lot about what not to do. Um, and I felt like at that point I was pretty immersed in at least like two different sides of real estate, one being the paper side and like the finance mortgage note industry and then the actual physical property. And I love like the physical property side of it. And that's when I decided I'm gonna go do this on my own. Um, Mike and I were reconnected from a mutual friend of ours. It was like, hey, I know Aaron's in real estate, I know Mike's in real estate, so we took all of the cash that we had saved up and we bought a uh, foreclosed property in Delaware <laughs> County. <laughs> Were you guys afraid? I mean, it looks like you both did stuff separately, and when you first started working together, you took all your money and you bought a foreclosed property. Is that terrifying? <laughs> um, I, I didn't really think much of it, now that you put it that way. Yeah, I probably should have been a little more scared, but we got a really good number. Um, just with working, you know, from that side of things, um, being on the bank end where we, we either own the real estate or own the mortgage note to the real estate, I kind of knew how to negotiate and knew like that bottom line that the bank would take. So we're able to get a really good price on it. What I didn't know was anything about construction costs <laughs> and sitting at a fireplace and the whole chimney was what it was like sinking through the floor. Oh uh, yeah, the entire thing was, it was rotted out structurally. It was, um, and chimneys and fireplaces like a whole nother subset of contractors. Yeah, there's no chimney or fireplace there anymore. It just got removed. <laughs> 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 took um, that out pretty quickly, huh? Yeah, but we we were gonna we we're gonna flip that property. Um, we got an offer, it was under contract and we were like, this is easy, this is awesome. And then we had the inspection contingency and this lady did not want to buy the property. Like one of the items on the inspection, there was a dead bird in the common alley in the back and that was listed. My like, goodness. One of, and we're just like, oh, this is awful. And she backed out Yeah. and we're like, shit, all of our own cash is stuck in here. Like, what do we do? We don't want to wait for another buyer. That could be another six months, who knows? So we ended up renting it out and it became our first rental and we still own it to this day. We, oh wow, you guys can never sell it now. It's like, it's like memory. Yeah. Well, we, we, signed a, we signed a three year lease with the first tenant. Um, That's a great lease term. Yeah, she was, she was a nurse, but she had a good, a good job, but was just, I don't know, looking to start off on, on her own, get into her own place. I don't know the backstory, yeah. but she was great. She just moved out and her daughter, um, took over the lease and now she's there. So we've owned that property for a little over three years mm -hmm. and it's been the same lady or her family member there. Wow. And is that the, is that the very first one that you did in Delaware County then? Yep, that's our first property. 
Um, and what about in Brewery Town? Because that's you guys made a move right to Brewery Town thereafter, and you yeah, that was by chance. Um, okay. I mean, I knew the neighborhood just yeah. from going to Temple. Yeah, and you have some history in your family with the neighborhood. Yeah, my grandfather grew up here. He went to Vox High School, um, mm-hmm. or I guess middle school, whenever it was. He was on the Tom Balloon team. Um, he lived on 29th and Cecil B. I lived on 26th and Master. Um, this was stuff that I didn't really know too much until I got closer to you know where I'm at now. And my dad, like, gave, my grandfather is a big screenplay writer, so he gave me like a memoir of what he wrote about, and like mentions all this stuff around here that we walk by every wow. single day, um, which is just cool to kind of connect the dots. Yeah. But um, so going back to my other job when we were doing the mortgage notes, we were doing some fix and flips, and then they had a partnership with a wholesaler. Um, at the time, so I kind of knew what wholesaling was. So when I started, I just started sending out mailers. And you're like, um, I'm gonna do all yeah, that. Yeah, wholesale. I'm just gonna deals. do all this. And yeah. by chance, I sent to I think Philadelphia, Chester County, Delaware County. Like there was no specific area of the city. Um, and someone called me and showed us a place. Um, where was that? Like Cambridge. Oh, Cambridge, yeah. And the deal didn't work out, but we were like very upfront with her and honest and let her know like if you have this offer you should take it um that's a good price we're not gonna be able to match match that and i guess you know she didn't go with her offer there but she respected that and she called us like two weeks later and she goes oh you didn't mail me but i have this other property which is on 26 and floor or no uh 26 and Mm -hmm. um so we met we went we walked through we met her and her son and she told us her asking price and the numbers made sense, so that's what brought us to Brewery Town, really. Even though we had these other connections, and we bought that house and we renovated it, flipped it, sold it, um, and we bought another one on Ingersoll Street, and we kind of fell in love with with the area. I love that little pocket just south of the park on yeah. Master. Yeah, I mean, we, yeah, the first one, you know, there's the front porch; it's tree lined. It was, mm-hmm. it was awesome. Nice. So how did you navigate not knowing anything about construction costs when you first started? It seems like the it seems like the Delco property you you figured it out clearly. Yeah. Uh, that inspector was you know ins- inspectors are hired for buyers to basically nitpick the crap mm-hmm. out of a property so that the agent can renegotiate to get them a better price. Oh yeah. Yeah. Genuinely. You that's sell a house about. twice. Yeah. <laughs> you really do. Yeah. Um. Well, Mike. Just doing all his renovation work growing up and working with um, you know his his friends and family friends that that were in the industry. I think he has a more of a construction background. I I didn't. I just relied on the contacts and network that I made at my previous job. So like the contractors that we hired to do those flips, our first contractor was a guy that I already had known and worked with, and he'd completed projects for you know this other company that I worked with. Mm-hmm. Um, He's been a contractor for a couple of decades. He was a, a project manager for like a Ryan Holmes or one of those big, mm-hmm. big builders. So he had like a pedigree that we knew we could rely on, and we knew he was honest and trust trustworthy. So it's super that, important in the industry. That, yeah, that helped. Yeah. Um, and then you know, with yeah. Mike's knowledge of like what this material costs or what needs to happen, we we're able to to figure it out. But it was definitely uh, a learning experience. <laughs> yeah, it was a good idea for us to have somebody so well-seasoned and professional on those first couple instead of trying to tackle GC and ourselves because when you're doing the full gut, you know, renovations in Philadelphia or Delco where it's not just going in, fixing a kitchen, bathroom, 
right. structural, it's like you could really have got yourself into some trouble and we would have maybe not be where we are now and been screwed on those projects. So it was yeah, nice work with somebody like that. Especially with, like, the city permitting process and just being in a totally different location, I'm sure that was a bit of a learning curve on the onset, too. Yeah, at first when we got started, really didn't even think about all those processes of getting the permits approved and this and that, and the tax abatement was a new thing, so there's a lot to navigate early on to make sure you're doing it the right way and not the wrong way, and basically call your pants down and lose lose it all. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so you guys, you guys know each other for a long time then, and you used to goof off a little bit in high school. So what about now? Who does what? How do you split responsibilities? And do you goof off as much as you used to back then? I mean, I know you guys a little. I, got, I know you guys goof off a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we're pretty pissed. Our the building here is a pool because COVID, they don't let us use it, but we would be out there goofing off. All <laughs> uh, working by working by the pool is not a bad idea. Yeah. But, um, I mean, we have, like, our defined roles, but we kind of each do a lot of everything. Um, well, you you have more of a, like, mortgage background, so do you tend to do more finance and you more, like, construction acquisitions, or is there one subset of yes activities and no. you I mean, it, we, we run everything off each other regardless. So, okay. like, yeah, I mean, on with working like with a bank or the insurance agent or something or the title company, I might be doing that where Mike's overseeing, you know, the contractor on the project. At least on our flips, Mike does, uh, especially living in the neighborhood, I mean, he's at all the projects every single day making sure that it's being done the way that we want it done. Uh, we purchase all the materials, Mike's purchasing all the materials. Uh, we select all, all the finishes, all the design. So Mike's very, heavily involved on on doing that and it's helpful that he lives I mean yeah yeah being a five-minute walk to basically every single one of our properties makes makes life pretty easy how long have you lived in Brewtown uh we moved in well we actually built the house that I live in that was our second new construction project and that got finished up I believe August of last year, so it's been about a year and a half we've been in the neighborhood. Nice. And your sister lives in one of your properties as well, right? Yeah, yeah. we did a rehab for them on 2300 block of Thompson Street. So, okay. you know, just trying to keep keep it in the family up here. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've sold to, to Mike's two sisters. Um, two of my friends from high school have bought from us in the neighborhood, so... We know a lot of the people just from doing business with them, and then we know a lot of people because we kind of brought them to the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, they reached out to us when they were ready to purchase, and you know they were familiar with Brewery Town, and they liked it, and they liked you know our product. And I think it's so out. it's so nice when you can do something. Well, when you can build something that you know your family's living in, you take a little bit more care and effort, especially if it's your own property. I'm sure. Um, but then to be able to sell to people that you know and have that like ongoing relationship, I think is really important. Most of my clients who buy new constructions or flips always want to know who built it, who is this person, and like you know they'll see like some LLC owns the property, but they really want to know who are these people, and where do they come from. So I think it's cool that you guys are really heavily invested in the neighborhood and have some history and yeah, I mean, roots we've here. done five projects, and I'm not exaggerating, five projects within 
a stone's throw of where Mike lives. <laughs> so both houses on either side of Mike's, we renovated and sold. Mm -hmm. Two more down, we renovated and sold. Three down the other way, we renovated and sold. One directly behind it, we renovated and sold. Mm -hmm. So like they know when we're at the settlement table, like this isn't just some investor selling us the property. This is like my neighbor. Yeah. So we always joke about it when we leave each settlement. Like if anything happens, hey, knock you, on the yellow door. You know where to knock. <laughs> Knock on the I party mean, wall. You might get so big you have to stop telling people where you live. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you get like really good holiday cookies or something like that. Yeah, yeah we keep a pretty good uh, relationship and like uh, even just still stay in contact with a couple of people we've sold to, which right. is nice. It's like a community feel, building up a neighborhood around us. You know, you'll see them out just on Girard and some of the local shops and restaurants. So it's it's nice. You don't feel like you're just building a product to sell for a dollar, but also making it like a difference in mm -hmm. you know, the community. Totally. Yeah. So how have you guys been able to scale up? I know you have some other folks that work with you, you have a handful of interns now. What has that process been like? And when did you decide, okay, we need more help or we need to start outsourcing? You know, we've worked with different contractors here and there, but uh, what's, what's that scaling process been like for you? Um, for us, our scaling was reinvesting every single thing that we made on top of already having like our life savings in it and leveraging the relationships that we have with investors um, I, I learned a, a lot of ways to like structure deals from my previous position so I think we've been very smart on how we structure deals so that we've been able to to leverage what we have and expand like exponentially going from doing one project to we were doing three to six at a time and now I think we have like 35 units in our pipeline under pre-development on top of the eight to ten units that we're building right right now as we speak so mm -hmm. um, I it's think 45 it, for 2021-2020 fourth quarter completion yeah hopefully we'll see if stuff goes on the schedule <laughs> but uh, yeah I think it sounds that. corny because like this is such a Sixers thing to say and I'm wearing a Sixers sweatshirt but, uh, <laughs> like I don't know we kind of just like trusted the process honestly like we yeah. we set goals but we don't have I don't know if this is the right way to do it I don't have goals really like written down like we kind of just know where we want to go yeah. and we've just let that happen by by doing good and trying to create situations where everyone feels like they they won whether it's us and an intern that we hired, or us and a homeowner that we're selling to, or us and a homeowner that we're buying from. Mm -hmm. We want everyone to walk away from the transaction and feel like they, they did well for themselves. It's fantastic. So, yeah. yeah, it seems like almost a lot of it's just organically grown, just kind of knowing the path we wanted to and not really pushing to get there too soon, but uh, letting the blocks build up to get to a point where we're at now, which it's yeah. great managing this many different units, all mix of rentals, new construction for sale, rehabs. Um, it's cool to see like all the different aspects that we have a pretty good knowledge on now to like, you know, keep the flow going. Yeah, and Mike's done a really good job. Um, we we hire general contractors, but if there's like small exterior work, um, we'll like we'll hire a roofer or someone to do the exterior concrete kind of on our own and Mike's done a good job of like sourcing um, contractors from from the neighborhood. So we've worked with a lot of contractors that have been born and raised here in North Philadelphia. I love that. Um, and that's been helpful in getting deals too because, you know, we're, we're giving them work and we're there on the job site and we're talking about real estate and next thing you know, they say, oh, well, you know, my, my buddy 
his family, you know, they're getting ready to sell, sell this home. Would you be interested? And we've made a lot of connections and bought a good amount of properties just from talking to people in the neighborhood and they're people that we've hired to do work for us and it's it's worked out. That's awesome. Yeah. And so you guys have, obviously you started off doing some flips, but now you have some properties that you're holding onto and you're doing new construction. Um, what has the rental process been like? Because you're essentially building out your own little property management office. You have tenants, you're going to show, you're doing lease ups and turnovers. Yeah. Um... And you're building multifamily now as well, right? Yeah, that's correct. We're doing all of the leasing on our own. Honestly, I just put it on Zillow, mm -hmm. Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace, whatever yeah. it is. Um, I make it a point. I'm like pretty crazy with my phone. Like I always have it on me and I always need to, when it comes to like work, like email wise, I don't like having many things in the inbox so I'll respond right away. So as soon as someone has interest in a property, like I'm setting up a tour, and asking them questions like within a couple minutes. Um, and then with Mike living in the neighborhood, like even if I'm home and someone hits me up on a Saturday, I'll say, hey Mike, are you free? Yeah, yeah, I'm free. Okay, I have someone that wants to look at this property in 30 minutes and then we make it work. And I think that goes a long way because it shows them like even from the get-go that we're on top of it and we're responsive. Um, so we've kind of just done it that way and it's worked out yeah. so far. And we've been able to build uh, really good relationships with our tenants. I had a tenant at a property of mine in Phoenixville and as soon as they moved out within two days they were moving into a condo that I just finished here. Nice. So like they they just like us yeah. and knew that if something was gonna come up or pop up, like we would we would make it right and make sure that it was done in a reasonable amount amount of time. So yeah, yeah. an actual face of the name instead of some big property management company where you might have to put in an inquiry and not hear back about a maintenance request for weeks at a time. And you have somebody's admin getting back to you yeah. and just scheduling yeah, toss-up. So, yeah, for right now it works because we don't have a bunch, so it doesn't take up too much time, but we'll start putting more process in place where can create a more streamlined process for them once we have so many that yeah, I, I can't be can, spending all day on a Saturday running. Yeah, like it's something that we can, we can duplicate with people underneath us as long as they have the same values and they understand like our process of being on top of everything and being responsive and making sure shit gets done right. right. Um, it doesn't need to be me and Mike that are there opening the door or responding to the email, but we're kind of building that culture. Nice. You want to call it that. Yeah. yeah, totally. So what is the most exciting project that you have going on right now or something that's giving you the most trouble? <laughs> There's always one or two. Well, you have, you have a lot going on. You have a bunch of the pipeline. You said you have eight projects currently under construction. Am I correct? Uh, we have six, seven, eight. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, there, there's been no like huge issues other than delays. Um, I know that there's a, a lot of product that's back ordered. There's a lot of uh, issues with, I guess, you know, the supply chain due to the shutdowns. Mm -hmm. um, so we're definitely on a couple of them moving a lot of slower than we'd like to, um, but it's kind of just the, the nature of it. Um, yeah, and construction, I mean, with procuring stuff like that, especially in 2020 when COVID has taken over everything. Mm -hmm. yeah. If you still have projects in motion at all, I think you're in a good place. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know, our most exciting right now, we haven't broke ground on it. I would say 1654 or 30th Street. I think yeah, that's I pretty say it's, a, so we, it's a single family we're doing on the north end of Brewery Town. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been, we don't want to tell too many of our secrets, but we've been buying <laughs> a lot of oddly shaped lots. Yeah. Um, so this I see is the like, one you have over on Thompson that curves back. Yeah. <laughs> every time we send them over to like the pre-developed the architect or like the GC, they're like, man, another another one of these type of lines. <laughs> Can't just make an easy rectangle for them. Gotta... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're working through zoning and construction documents on that. And it's just going to be a really unique property that you don't really see in, in this neighborhood. Um, just the, the, the shape, the exterior, it's going to be, it's going to be cool. And we're really excited to see that. And it's right at the end of, end of the block where Mike lives, so we need to make sure it looks really yeah, good. Yeah, there's a little, gonna be little bit of uh, self-interest there to put like a nice corner property to uh, uh-huh. you know, look at every day when I'm driving. Have you chosen your like exterior envelope finish for that? I can some photos. We like to keep stuff in the neighborhood very uh, in line with uh, traditional yeah, If you just like, want to swipe like, right, the, like, the colors areas. are going to change, but the actual, I mean, it's going to be, it's a, oh, wow. it's got a very wide footprint, so like a lot of these odd shapes when you get inside you're gonna have um a feel that you don't typically get from like a 14 or 15 or even 16 foot wide row home especially if you have an entranceway kind of on the side of a property where you're in the middle of the widest part yeah and you walk in and you have space on either side of you as opposed to just straight yeah. back it's yeah. like 20 20 feet wide at the center so it's not going to feel like you're in a row home windows yeah. on all the sides should be pretty cool. This is beautiful. So for those of you who are listening, you can't see this, but if uh, if I'm lucky, I'll get a chance to post it online so you can check it out there. Um, but it's a three-story property right on the corner. It's definitely an odd lot, and they've got some interesting features with balconies and what looks like, you know, those like old warehouse-style windows with the 12-pane yeah. um, mm-hmm. or 16-pane on either side. It's really pretty. Well done, guys. Um, well, this is an exciting project. So you have multifamily projects, new construction, you have a couple of rentals, and I know you don't have massive goals written down on paper, but where are you taking this? What's next? Are you going to stay in brewery town? Are you going to expand? I mean, you're, you're from, I know Aaron, you're from Phoenixville. You're from Phoenixville. Mm-hmm. You went to high school together. Yeah. Hence, Phoenix. Yeah, there's a bar named Phoenix spelled the same way as the <laughs> as our company name on Bridge Street that's where uh, I have a rental down there and I lived there for a little bit and I'd walk out and see the bar and I was like oh, well, I love Phoenixville and that's a, <laughs> that's a cool way to spell Phoenix yep I'm gonna I'm gonna name the company that nice um, yeah we've we've talked about expanding to other areas um, we've looked at projects outside of the city and other other neighborhoods of the city um, but like we said earlier, just with, with knowing a bunch of people in the neighborhood, like we just, deals have been kind of coming to us mm-hmm. and they're all in this neighborhood. So, um, at least for now, you know, if it's not, if it's not broken, we're not trying to, to fix it or reinvent the wheel. But yeah, we've definitely discussed and started looking, um, in other areas, sure. including the suburbs. Sure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so what... What type of properties are you guys looking to purchase next? Is it just these single family lots or do you prefer 
renovations versus that? Or is it, do you have a goal for the next acquisition that you're looking for? Definitely more like multifamily, more, um, you know, units under one roof, just because almost the same amount of work goes into finding a deal and pre-development, all that for a single family versus triplex, quadplex. So if you can scale up more by just doing larger buildings and less of them, it's uh, less running around stuff for us to worry about every tiny detail that can get you know slip through the cracks sometimes mm -hmm. yeah so yeah we're definitely targeting like multifamily land that we can develop on um, and this and this is for like long-term holds yep yep that's correct nice. um, we don't have like a number on paper but I would say like I mean the next five years we're gonna have over a hundred units um, so yeah but we're not if the deal makes sense on paper, uh, we'll take a look at it. And we have specific and different types of investors for different types of projects. Right. So obviously we started off just doing like two-story renovations. We did you know, 25 of them in the last 24 months here, just within walking distance of the office. So a lot of our investors who initially were on board with us, that's the type of project they're comfortable and that they like. Mm -hmm. So if we get something like that across our desk, um, we would still take it on um, because you know we have investors who are ready to jump in and the, the deal works and we've been doing that for for three years now we have that process down we have great contractors that we work with mm -hmm. on the renovation side and it, it, it's become easier and something that's really fun for us um, but yeah I would say single family renovations and then multifamily development is really where we're where we're focused in value add anything where um, you know, someone who's not that familiar with the area or zoning or, you know, the code in Philadelphia, they might miss you're able to do this or this versus this by right. Um, I wouldn't say we're experts, but I think we have a really good grasp on, on the zoning and, and building code and we're able to add value to properties where other investors might have looked at it and thought that it was overpriced. And we figured out, well, we can, we can do this without much expense or added work um, so yeah, like creative kind of, yeah, being creative like that. Yeah, yeah. even um, in the sense we you know the neighborhood so well, somebody out of the neighborhood might look on a map and not realize from one street to the next one over that you know your values are going to be so much better just from the aesthetics of how the streets laid out. So knowing which ones to pick and where you can get the hidden value, just like we love the streets with front porches and trees on them. Mm -hmm. Even though it's the same amount of square footage house you could get on the next shoot over, I mean, there's added value there for people wanting to live on those. So, mm -hmm. you know, you can pay a little more to get that property to do the work on. Or... Location and curb appeal are yep. huge. Mm -hmm. First impression, right, yeah. of a property is going to be a huge selling point. So, when you guys um, uh, have a ton of stuff going on um, and you obviously are slightly obsessed with real estate. I think you have to be to be in this industry and to develop the rate and to work around the clock. I'm sure you guys do. Um, what inspires you to keep going? Are there any authors or books or mentors that you have um, or people that you know have pushed you in one direction or another over the years? Me, not personally. I think like I'm, it all comes from within. Well, I think I'm competitive. <laughs> and, I mean, we both like really we, we love real estate and we love yeah. what we do. Um, and it's kind of like just a challenge 
to ourselves. Like that's why, I mean, I guess having a specific number of projects that we want to get to, that would be like, yeah, I'm going to compete with, with ourselves to see if we can get to the hundred units that we mentioned, even if it's not like written down, like it's in the back of our head and we, we kind of are just trying to build a legacy for, you know, whoever, for your kids or grandkids, yeah, gonna live in town and have, to fun, have fun doing it. Yeah. Yeah, just overly obsessed with real estate in general. Like, <laughs> find myself preaching to the choir. Yeah, right? find myself thinking it. about it uh, way, way too much, probably for a normal person's perspective. But yeah. you know, that's what keeps us going. And I mean, I wouldn't trade this industry or style of work for like anything else. Mm-hmm. I mean, the freedom it allows you and. Even though we kind of joke, like you can't put in hours on how many you work in a week. Because you're Cause always working. You're always on. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and then sometimes I don't feel like I'm working. I wouldn't consider it work, but at the end of the day, it, it is work. But yeah, yeah, it's schmoozing on the golf course with your investors, <laughs> <laughs> talking about a deal, trying to pitch them casually. Yeah, I play a lot of golf. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody listening probably plays a lot of golf yeah. too. Nice. Well, um, thank you guys so much for coming on the show. I'm looking forward to coming out and maybe showcasing some of the work that you guys are actually uh, in the middle of on video as I start to move the podcast into a more visual um, format as well. Uh, is there anything you want to add before we uh, say farewell? No, it's been great. Just thanks again for having us on. It's been fun actually, you know, openly talk about this instead of just me and Aaron spatter every day in the office together. <laughs> Back and forth, yeah. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. This was, this was really fun. Great. Um, yeah, keep an eye out. We have a lot of big projects that we didn't, we didn't discuss um, in the pipeline when we get to that point where we'll, we'll let the world know. Just, yeah. yeah keep, your, keep your eyes peeled. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. And for folks listening at home, where can they reach you? Where should they follow you? Where should they find you? I know you've got a website. You're all over social. Uh, PhoenixPG.com. PhoenixPG.com. Yeah, or on Instagram at PhoenixProperty. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being on the show today, guys. And for folks listening at home, you heard him. You can find him at phoenixpg.com or on Instagram at phoenixproperty. That's F-E-N-I-X property. Stay tuned for more episodes in the future and be sure to visit phillyproper.com for episode highlights, project information, and more. Till next time, I'm your host, Katherine Blessington, and thanks for listening to the Philly Proper Podcast.